0: Right. Welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are talking about Emily the Criminal, starring Aubrey Plaza, as a woman who ends up in a life of crime. And uh, it's like, seriously, one of the sleeper movies of this summer, I feel like. I feel like everyone who sees it really likes it, and... Kind of went a little under the radar, but it's out on rental now, and so now the episode's coming out. And uh, we have a great conversation coming up with returning co-host Josh Bell on this one. So that's coming up in a second. Before we get to it, I do want to remind you, as always, to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together, wherever you listen to podcasts, and follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Also, uh, since this episode has been sitting on the Patreon for a while... Check out our Patreon, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I post bonus and advanced content from Piecing It Together, as well as bonus episodes of Awesome Movie Year. There's a new one hitting the Patreon this week on A Few Good Men. Uh, So uh, there's a lot of great stuff over there, also stuff for my music career. So it's patreon.com slash bydavidrosen if you want to support the show in that way and get a bunch of advance and bonus content in the process. So uh, yeah, check it out. So let's talk about Emily the Criminal. All right, Josh Bell is back with us. We're going to talk about Emily the Criminal how you doing, Josh, the criminal? <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm doing some <laughs> crimes over here. How are you? <laughs>
0: I'm all right. I'm all right. Podcasting. I, this is one of uh, three today and, um, you know, staying busy as always. But... Yeah. Podcasting is not a crime, though. It's not. Not yet.
1: I feel like not not like yet. those old, do you have those sk- stickers that skateboarding <laughs> is not a crime yeah. <laughs> like when we were teens that were there like a go. cool thing to have?
0: We, we should make that. That would be good. Put it on our tea Public. I, I'm, I think that's a good idea. Anyway, let's talk cry. about the movie. Oh, yeah, sure. Why don't we do <laughs> uh, w- Was this one you were looking forward to? I know John Patton Ford, it's his uh, debut feature, and uh, so there really wasn't much to go on, on that. But, I mean, Aubrey Plaza. I mean, who doesn't love Aubrey Plaza? Yeah, she's great. And it did get
1: some good feedback, I think, when it was at Sundance or South by Southwest or maybe both uh, various film festivals. So it was on my radar as something that seemed worthwhile, and I pitched to review it for CBR to write a review of it. So I was I was looking forward to it. I I was sort of it wasn't like my number one most anticipated movie necessarily, but it seemed like something that would be worth checking out. And I I do like Aubrey Plaza as a, a comedy actress, but also I feel like she's good at bringing that darkness. And I had seen that movie and reviewed that movie from last year or the year before called Black Bear. That she did oh, that yeah. was also kind of a dark drama thing, which got a lot of good reviews and I wasn't crazy about, but she certainly, it gave her a lot to do and it was a good showcase for her abilities in, in playing something darker. So I was hoping that she could do something similar with yeah.
0: this. Yeah, I, I love Black Bear. And oh, okay. yeah, betwe- between that and this, uh, it, it's it's great to see her get to do interesting things because, you know, as a mainly comedic actress, uh, you know, it's good to see someone like that get to stretch out and, you know, try more interesting roles and things like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I had a really good time with this one. I was looking forward to it as well. Um, I, I think we'll get into a lot of stuff in these pieces, but, uh, let's start just jumping in. What do you have for your first puzzle piece?
1: All right. Well, so I'm going to start by slightly cheating. (laughs) Um, and, uh, (laughs) John Patton Ford, for for Letterboxed did a feature on his picks for uh los angeles movies which of course okay. this is a film set in los angeles and it wasn't necessarily movies that had influenced emily the criminal but it certainly was along those lines so looking through i looked through that list and uh-huh. some of those i was familiar with but i thought no this don't really seem all that similar to, to emily the criminal but one that stuck out to me is nightcrawler with jake gyllenhaal which of sure. course is also set In L.A. And and I think both of these movies do look at kind of the underbelly of L.A., the less glamorous areas. The people aren't Mm. hanging out in Hollywood necessarily or in Beverly Hills or things like that. It's freeways and underpasses and warehouses and things like that. And just the sort of shady activities that can go on in those places and and out sort of... um, out of sight of the more glamorous uh, level of the city. And of course they also involve these characters who are kind of small time losers who find themselves a niche in a not exactly legal activity and start to thrive there and amass a bit of power and a bit of confidence. I think the Jake Gyllenhaal character in Nightcrawler is more of a sociopath Than Emily is. I mean, she seems to have more empathy and is a bit more uh, has a more of a moral code of her own maybe than he does. But I think both of these movies take someone who is powerless at the beginning and finds this activity that they suddenly opens them to this world of, of criminal behavior.
0: Yeah. And while certainly not a sociopath, I think it is interesting that Emily, you know, she's not, you know, 100% on the straight and narrow when we meet her. And, you know, while she's not... Uh, you know, a full-time criminal yet, she she is, you know, she's not totally uh, without her faults, I guess, as a character. So I think that adds to a really interesting character and performance. And Nightcrawler, I did not think of, but that's, that's a great one. I actually, I didn't see his letterbox list, but I did see something where he said that, you know, capturing the quote-unquote real LA was like a really important thing for him with this movie. And so I, I think that's a great example of that. I wasn't going to lead with this. I was going to bring it up later. But since we're talking about L.A., um, this is obviously too new to be a puzzle piece. But I do think makes a good companion piece for other reasons, not just the L.A. of it. Uh, but I was going to bring up Michael Bay's Ambulance from this year. All right. You know, also a character who... You know, the shitty situation of, of our broken system and uh, in that case, in the case of ambulance being a, a veteran without any means of uh, providing for his family because of how we just leave them with nothing and the insurance system being so broken – gets talked into this life of crime by his brother and uh you know he thinks he's going to be able to get away with just you know doing a little bit of crime you know just enough to get by and 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 provide that need that that health insurance need but of course you know is going to go completely south because that's what we're at the movies for and uh that is a big michael bay movie with explosions and drones and uh, certainly a different approach at that kind of thing but also uh a a big showcase for los angeles and so as long as uh you're bringing up nightcrawler i figured might as well bring up ambulance right now too
1: and it's another uh jake gyllenhaal movie right there you go absolutely
0: yeah that is another connection. He's, always,
1: he's always getting himself uh, unwittingly involved in crimes. Or is he the one who gets the person involved in the crime in that movie?
0: Yeah, that's true. In um, Ambulance, he is already a complete uh, lunatic. Um, which, But again, that's why we go to the movies. Yeah, right? I haven't seen <laughs> Ambulance, and I yeah. have an
1: aversion to Michael Bay films, so I'm not yeah. sure that I will. But I know it was surprisingly well-regarded this
0: year from yep. now. Absolutely. Made my top 10 of the uh, mid-year. So yeah. We'll see if it's still there at the end of the year. But, uh, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> let's go on to another one. What do you got next?
1: Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to give you another movie about uh, a young woman who gets into a quasi-criminal activity and discovers that she's really good at it. And I, I wonder, I, I didn't listen to your Not Okay episode, but I thought of this when I was watching Not Okay because it stars Zoe Deutsch. And uh, I don't know if it came up, but it could be for that too. So I'll I'll retroactively uh, sure. contribute that feedback. Listener puzzle for pieces. You. I love it. It's uh, <laughs> it's called Buffaloed, and mm-hmm. uh, stars Zoe Deutsch as this young woman who is already more of a dirtbag, I think, than Emily, but less of a sociopath than Jake Gyllenhaal and Nightcrawler. So Somewhere but it's a whole that, spectrum. That spectrum. It's definitely a whole <laughs> spectrum. So she's engaged in these kind of small-time scams and, you know, she's from this working class family. And I I don't recall if she either has student debt or she's trying to like get enough money to go just to, like, community college or something. But she ends up working for a debt collection agency. And I guess, Hmm. in reality, Buffalo, New York, is, like, the world capital of debt collectors somehow. And so... She goes, and of course, debt collection is legal, but it is definitely on the edge of legality. And this company sure. that she works for is incredibly predatory, and they do a lot of things that are not quite legal. And But she, much like Emily with the credit card fraud, she discovers that she is actually really good at this and preying on these naive old people and things like that, and eventually kind of rises to the top of it and 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 topples the you know, crime bosses or pseudo crime bosses who hired her in the first place. And yeah, she's definitely less likable than Emily or less sympathetic than Emily, I think. And I know, you know, Not Okay has that bit at the beginning of like warning there's an unlikable character, but the character in Buffalo is much, much more unlikable, I think, than her character in Not Okay. Um, but another, you know, this underestimated young woman who turns out to be perfect for this particular kind of crime.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I haven't seen it. And, uh, it's been one of those movies that's been on my list for a long time. I've been wanting to watch it. And especially since not okay, I've been especially wanting to watch it. Uh, it did not come up on the episode other than it being another one of her films, but uh, I like that as a puzzle piece for both of these movies. There so you thanks, go. two for one for you. There you go. Uh, The movie I thought you were going to bring up um, when you first started introducing that piece is 2019's hustlers which will be my oh, next puzzle piece yeah. here um another crime drama about a, a young woman who doesn't have really much other options other than to get into what seems like at first a, it's going to be a semi-victimless crime of robbing these rich scumbags at a uh, strip club um but of course it's not really victimless and as things get worse and worse uh you know, it, the whole crime gets worse and it all gets out of control and uh, leads to a full-on criminal activity. And, um, yeah, it's also just, like, this descent into this uh, criminal world. And I, I love that you, like, kind of get in on their whole scheme. That actually would come up in another piece as well. But, like, the whole idea of of showing this criminal act and you kind of get to understand it. it, it really draws you in a lot, I feel like. Right. You think I could do that. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Like I
1: could get one of these credit card making machines and it doesn't seem that difficult. I was like, oh,
0: that's cool. How it like punches the numbers. in? I like that. I want one of those. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What are its legitimate uses? I don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's like 3D printing kind of. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Making membership cards for your cool podcast club or something. Make a movie pass. How about that? Right. There you go. Fraudulent movie passes. That's the next. That's the next movie. I love
0: it. As long as the uh, studio gets paid, that's what matters. Mm, mm-hmm, wow. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Josh isn't going along with my plan here. <laughs> no,
1: you, you just made <laughs> it not criminal anymore. It's you're yeah. like, oh, but we got to pay the legitimate. No, you want to make a fraudulent movie pass. So you can well, MoviePass.
0: See... The company pays the studio, is mm. my understanding, and mm. we don't okay. pay movie... right. anyway.
1: So you're yeah, swindling yeah. MoviePass, but yes. not
0: swindling movie studios. You got it, because okay. you know I, right. I want to see more movies get made. Yeah. more movies like Emily the Criminal. Of course, there you go. Yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Josh, what do you have next? All right. Well, I
1: feel like we're we're kind of talking about a lot of the same kinds of movies, but um, I'll I'll continue with that with a movie that I that I really really like that I feel like is kind of underrated. Another movie about this intersection between legal activities and not legal activities and how it's easy to kind of cross that line and become a a crime kingpin without intending to, uh, which Mm -hmm. is J.C. Chandor's A Most Violent Year, starring Oscar Isaac and Jessica Chastain, which I think is just such a good movie. And I think it's his his best movie and yet probably his most underappreciated movie. And maybe that's because the crime and people expected this big like godfathery epic it's set in i think is either like the late 70s or the early 80s or something like that in new york city and you know the main character the oscar isaac character is mostly involved in like illicit what is garbage collection i think is i think so something like that right it's very it's like the world's least interesting crime but of course it does eventually escalate because it's an actual crime and because they're is a lot of money involved and people yeah. who take that seriously, it does become very violent. but the idea that like these things that seem so small time can turn out to be these lucrative criminal empires and can get people killed and can yeah. drive them to these violent acts people who don't necessarily seem that way and Jessica Chastain, too is great as this sort of like lady macbeth ish figure who eggs him on to really, Mm -hmm. you know, embrace the whole criminal uh, aspect of it. So I feel like, again, that's an underrated film, underrated performances from those two actors who are obviously highly acclaimed in many other places, but, um, something that people should check out and that I, that I thought of here as well. It's also got that kind of grimy undergroundy feel to it. Um, even though it's on the, um, you know, the opposite coast there. So a most violent.
0: Yeah. That 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 movie has been on my rewatch list for a while. Like, I'm I kind of fell into that camp of like you know coming off of so many great Oscar Isaac and Jessica Chastain performances, I was expecting something bigger, and it's you know certainly a lot more muted and uh, very good. But I I feel like I would probably like it a lot more on rewatch. And uh, yeah, great piece though. And yeah, it's funny like you know even if they feel like they're doing you know just a small enough of crime to get by, where they're not going to alert too many people, there's always a periphery of bad people that are going to be involved in any kind of criminal activity. So it, it, you know, makes sense that it's always going to go south. I mean, that's kind of the the story with all of these. Right. Know. I mean, there's not a lot of movies about like crimes that just go
1: well and everyone yeah. is happy about it. Like, exactly. I, I don't know. Yeah.
0: It's uh, by the way,
1: it's not garbage collection. It's heating oil. Uh, distribution, oh. which is even like less interesting,
0: I think. But yeah. I loved.
1: that's one of the things that I like, like really like about it is how boring the crimes are. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's interesting. That's great. Uh, I, I'll go with another one that doesn't really get into crime so much necessarily, but um So a lot darker drama, Uh, the 2016 film Sherry Baby with Maggie Gyllenhaal um, about a woman from Jersey who's a recovering addict. She was just recently released from prison and she basically just has no pathway forward to kind of put back the pieces together with her life. And uh, no matter how good her intentions are, she just keeps getting pulled back down. And uh, she, she wants to reconnect with her daughter, she wants to stay clean, and everything is kind of stacked against her. And, you know, this is another Jersey girl here with Aubrey Palazzo's character, and while uh, in Cherry Baby she doesn't, like, get into crime or anything like that, um, just that whole desperation and like hopelessness and like it's just all of her good intentions get squandered because there's just no good way to move forward for her and you know it's part of the system that's unfortunately in place.
1: Right. Yeah, I remember that movie being very depressing. I
0: think. Very much
1: so. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Emily the Criminal in a weird way is kind of like uplifting because you're like, fuck yeah, Emily screw those yeah. people over.
0: Exactly. Exactly. That again, that that leads into another one of my pieces coming up. But uh, yeah, that feeling of like just identifying with that criminal and you're just like, like, hell yeah, you, you do this. Like, I want you to succeed, you know? Right, right.
1: Yeah. So speaking of and maybe this is I don't know if I'm stepping on you here because um, I know this is one of your favorite movies, but. I feel like I need to get away because I have like several more that are just like people getting involved in crimes. And so mm. I want to do something different here. Maybe we'll leave sure. some of those out. And I'm going to mention office space. And nice. I, I did think... not, but I, I wish I did. I'm glad you are. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, one of the other aspects of this movie is her sort of rejection of that crazy office culture. Right. Mm -hmm. And the idea of the soul sucking cubicle job that everyone is expected to want or expected to get. And that's the path toward being respectable. And of course, actually, I say that it's not a movie about people getting involved in crime, but it is actually a movie about people getting involved in crime because it's another one of these movies where they do a crime that seems harmless, that seems like it's not going to be much of anything. And then it spirals out of control. Thankfully, it doesn't spiral into violence. But uh, I mean, unless you count the building burning down, but no one gets hurt. So nah. that's that's fine. <laughs> um, but, you know, they do. They they find this way to screw over the company in this very small fraud way. And, you know, it's a movie about somebody saying, screw the system and I'm going to exist outside of it and not worry about what's legal or not. and And who and who gets away with it? I mean. The truth is, you know, we're talking about crimes going bad or whatever. But spoiler alert: Emily gets away with it in this movie. Yeah, everything. Sure I mean, does. not everything turns out well because her quasi-boyfriend mentor is dead, but she doesn't really seem all that unhappy about that. So, yeah, <laughs> it probably it's a does new relationship.
0: Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, to to that point, to Office Space as a puzzle piece. Um, I'll just kind of combine right on top of that. I, I was thinking, Coen Brothers, you know, crime gone wrong. Uh dumb criminals i was wondering do you think that this movie um is kind of looking down on these characters do you think that it thinks they're kind of dumb or no like no not at all i don't think not at all i mean yeah maybe i was kind of on the fence about it whether or not it does yeah. not emily but everybody around her
1: no not emily and not necessarily um and now i forget his name the the guy who kind of brings her into it Um, Uh, yeah. Yusuf. Yusuf. Right. I don't think so. Even though you could argue that maybe Yusuf is slightly deluded in his plan Mm -hmm. to like go legit and buy this apartment building or whatever. That's what made me think of that. Yeah. But I don't think it's looking down on him so much as making a comment on the difficulty of becoming a legit success in our capitalist system and how it's stacked against people like Yusuf, people who, um, are poor, people who are immigrants, people you know people of color, all of that stuff that he's got sort of stacked against him, so I mean, yeah, maybe the Yusuf's cousin, who they rob at the end of the film, is a bit looked down on, but mm-hmm. overall or the 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 couple that tries to rob Emily in her apartment or whatever oh
0: yeah, sure them too, yeah, yeah,
1: but I think Emily herself. I mean, that's, I think that's part of the point is that Emily, because she actually is from this sort of like middle-class, more educated background that she can put that to use in like being a criminal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She's got like an extra set of tools there that will make the difference in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, so we got Office Space and the Coen Brothers, two of my favorite things. But uh, let's move on to another piece. What so you got so no
1: no particular Coen Brothers
0: film? Um, I mean, normally when we're talking about these kinds of uh, themes of like the kind of criminals that are in over their heads or who are like constantly going to mess up, I always think Fargo. But like, you know, you could go with uh, with a few other options as well. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering, I was thinking about this, too, and I, I guess I, I... Concluded,
1: like I don't know if there's one particular one that quite fits. So, Mm -hmm. but certainly there is a bit of that that tone going on here, even if uh, you know the exact plot doesn't line up
0: necessarily. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, I'll just go back to people getting involved in small crimes that turn out to be big. I guess I don't know (laughs) if I should stop with these, but I feel like stylistically this has uh, some elements too. Um, Obviously, this director is no Martin Scorsese, but I thought of The Wolf of Wall Street. Which is, I mean, is a true story versus this, which is not, but is also about sort of taking advantage of capitalism and, and loopholes mm-hmm. and um, something that seems quasi legal at first in terms mm-hmm. of selling these junk stocks, which is what Jordan Belfort, the, the character, the Leonardo DiCaprio character, does in there. And of course, That turns out to be much, much more lucrative for him. You don't get the impression that Emily is ever going to be buying a yacht or anything like that with the proceeds from her criminal activities. But it still is something that spirals, not out of control. I mean, yes, out of control, but also just like far more than he ever realized. And he's just this kind of mook in his garage when the movie starts out and discovers the aptitude for this activity that is not exactly legal. And, um, you know, and in a weird way, the story of the real Jordan Belfort post Wolf of Wall Street is sort of a testament to this horror of capitalism because, you know, the movie is about his downfall, but in reality, he just keeps going. He just keeps doing stuff. He's doing like NFTs and whatever the latest dumb scam is, he's in on it (laughs) and he's still grifting people.
0: So uh, that's what we get. You know, again, crime does pay. Right. And, and I think that is a really important thing about the movie because, like, even though Emily's not a bad person per se, like, you know, you got to get what you got to get, you know, what you can get. Otherwise, you end up with nothing in this in this society, you know, um, talking about this society and talking about Martin Scorsese you got to bring up Joker in this conversation. (laughs) Uh, This is, I believe, a We Live in a Society movie at its heart. You know, this system is corrupt, and it can turn people who need that little push uh, bad. You know, those people that, you know, maybe they just, they don't have a good start. They don't have, like, a way forward. They don't have that, likability. They don't have the ability to work with people. And once they get that little extra push, go down in the wrong direction. And maybe not to super villain direction, uh, like Joker, but still, you know, I could imagine Aubrey Plaza playing the Joker. I think that I would could be kind too. Of awesome. <laughs> I and I think that, like, you know, the usual internet monsters who hate all women, I think even they would be okay with it.
1: <laughs> Maybe, and <laughs> she did play yeah. a villain, like a super villain of sorts, on Legion which I only watched. I haven't watched that. Yeah, it's it thinks it's greater than it is. But I did mm. watch the first season and she is good. And that was one of the earlier things I think where she was able to play a darker, less comedic role and show that side to her before yeah. these these uh films where she's this. I mean, she's not the star of Legion, obviously. Yeah, she's just sure. a, a supporting character, but she's very evil and yeah. um and that was a role that I believe was originally written for a man. And then they cast her because huh. it was like, how can we not? And so yeah. if we can get our Plaza. right. It makes, it. Or, you know, that she really just brought something to it that they, that they needed. And so I think she could do the same thing with the Joker.
0: Absolutely.
1: So. Well, I have one more piece. What do
0: you have left?
1: All right. Well, list? I have three more, but some of them are a little redundant. So um, I'll, i'll bring up something that's it i mean it is a crime movie but it's not the same kind of crime movie and it's more about that hidden side of la as well and that's michael mann's collateral which Mm -hmm. is about a criminal who is not like small time and is not hesitant about getting involved in crime tom cruise as this hitman who has clearly been doing this for a while and it clearly knows what he's doing and is happy to go around and kill people for hire and uh, but it it goes wrong for him in that film as well when he gets in the cab with Jamie Foxx. But I mean, I think that's a movie that's also about traveling around the seedy crime areas of LA yeah. and where you walk into some anonymous building and that's where criminal activity is going on, even though there's not guys with guns standing outside of it or explosions or I don't know, flashier things that we would imagine. But um And this guy in a suit with a nice haircut sitting in the back of a cab is, in fact, this horrible criminal who is making tons of money to kill people. So, yeah, yeah, I I mean, I think Michael Mann and Martin Scorsese certainly influences here just in a general stylistic sense as well.
0: Yeah, I was going to say stylistically, like both of those directors are so clearly influential on this film. And yeah, Collateral is on my like maybes list. I I figured a lot of the things I talked about with Ambulance, uh, you know, which Collateral was a puzzle piece for Ambulance when we did that episode. But uh, I would have been bringing up a lot of the same things. So I I left that one off. But yeah, great piece and definitely fits here. Um, I'll go to my last piece, which is going to be the combination of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. That whole like universe of uh, television that just wrapped up. Um, I talked earlier about like that kind of letting you in on the whole criminal venture and like really getting to know the ins and outs of what the whole plan is. And that's one of the things that I loved about the, those two shows. Especially like it even got better with Better Call Saul. I don't know if you watched uh, that show. Did you watch? No, Call Saul? I
1: actually I had Breaking Bad on my list here. Um, Yeah. And I watched two seasons of Breaking Bad and I really did not like it. And so Mm. I I felt like I gave it enough of a shot. This thing that people say is so great and it was just not for me. And so I gave up. And obviously, like, there didn't seem to be a reason to watch Better Call Saul if I had not watched Breaking Bad. So so no, but I've seen enough of it that I could. Uh, envision it as a puzzle piece here.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely of the camp of the Better Call Saul is better and it's eclipsed the original show. But um, yeah, every time like one of Saul's schemes come about, which he doesn't necessarily think is all that illegal or wrong or bad or criminal. Like he's always doing it for some reason that seems just at the time, but is of course criminal activity by all means. And uh, letting you into those schemes and like getting to know the ins and outs of it all really just makes you root for the character so much. And that's why, you know, over all those seasons, we've been rooting for them so, you know, so much. And I feel like you get a lot of that here with Emily's uh, whole criminal scheme as well.
1: Right, you do root for her, and even when she gets into the violence, I think you still are able to root for her. Um, yeah, maybe it's ne-
0: it's never too far, really.
1: Right, like, she loses a little bit of sympathy when she leaves Yusuf for dead, where you think yeah. like maybe if she had gotten him to a ho- to a hospital, he could have survived, and she's just like, nope, bye. Yeah, but yeah. other than that, I mean, even attacking his cousin who seems terrible, and you're like, ah, he deserves it.
0: Yeah, um, <laughs> screw that guy. Yeah,
1: but he's going to yeah, mess up the plan. Right, exactly. <laughs> Come on. He's got to die. Um, yeah. Well, one of the other things about Breaking Bad or the aspect of it that I thought was most interesting is the idea that like in both of these cases, the main character ostensibly gets into criminal activity because like they have no choice, right? Emily sure. is like, I can't pay off my debts. I, my job doesn't pay me barely anything. I don't know what else to do except crime. And yeah. Walter White, like, I'm dying of cancer, and I can't afford treatment, and I can't provide for my family, so I have to become a criminal. And in both yes. cases, you're like, but really, do you? And you get the sense over time that, like, this is an excuse for somebody who really likes being a criminal. <laughs> <And> yeah, sure. <laughs> discovers, not only discovers that they're good at it, but really probably all along was like, you know what, crime is for me. And so yeah, I think that's sure. a similarity between these characters.
0: Yeah, for sure. You know, to that point of um of uh, you know, the not really having any other options or anything and just how how bad it is. Um I saw this in the theater. Um I don't know if you did, but no. um no. I it was only like five people in the theater other than me. But during that last job interview scene where uh, she the the lady reveals that it's actually an internship and it's unpaid. Yeah groans from the (laughs) whole audience all all six of us like it kind of just shows you where we're at right now in this country you know yeah but it's 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 reflective of
1: that although i felt like in a way i was less mad at gina gershon in that scene than at emily's friend who like brought her in and yeah she she probably knew didn't right she knew and didn't tell her like by the way this is an unpaid internship that i'm getting yeah
0: yeah what a bitch yes seriously (laughs) All right, well, let's go ahead and do the finished puzzle. We'll get into some closing thoughts here. Uh, we talked about Nightcrawler, Ambulance, Buffaloed, Hustlers, A Most Violent Year, Sherry Baby, Office Space, the Coen brothers, including Fargo, of course, uh, The Wolf of Wall Street, and a general Scorsese sense, uh, which, of course, led us to Joker. And then Collateral and Breaking Bad or a Better Call Saul, a little of both of those yeah, uh, great list. A, a lot of really interesting stuff. I think a lot of crimes gone wrong. A lot of people without many options to really better themselves. Um, did you have any other like closing thoughts before we wrap it up? I just yeah, I enjoyed this film. Like
1: I think I like I said I was sort of not sure what to expect. I knew it had been decently well regarded, but not like a huge sensation necessarily. But I just thought it was really effective, and Aubrey Plaza is really good, and I liked that. This doesn't feel like she's smirking at it or she's making fun of this serious role, but she also still has that kind of like weird comic energy to her Mm -hmm. that she brings to a serious part that I feel like she does whenever she plays something serious, whether it was in Black Bear or in Legion or whatever. And and I think that that's a good thing. It's not like, oh, she's not taking this stuff seriously, but like she's just kind of a weirdo. And she always brings that to her parts. And I like that here, even though this is a movie that is not in any way comedic. Or I don't even know if there's like any actual jokes even like a character making a jovial remark
0: speaking of which actually my my one closing thought was i wasn't even sure if this was if this counts as a joke but when she's fleeing with the bag of money towards the end there's a starbucks uh now hiring sign lit up in the background (laughs) and that was like the one laugh i felt like of the movie like a genuine like to me anyway that made me laugh i thought it was good Yeah.
1: Yeah. I didn't notice that, but that is, that is kind of funny. And it probably is on purpose. I mean, you would think that, especially if it's Starbucks, like you have to clear that probably in order to put it it in your movie. Right. Yeah. um, That's (laughs) probably, but, but overall, this is not like, I mean, I think you can point to some movies where Aubrey Plaza has been quote-unquote serious but that have comedic elements like I know one that you really like that I thought maybe you would have brought up Ingrid Goes West yeah where that's serious but also like definitely like a dark comedy but this is not and um
0: but I think it works well for what it is absolutely and yes I love Ingrid Goes West so good right but uh yeah I think that does it for Emily the Criminal Josh is there another movie you'd like to recommend that you've watched recently
1: yeah I'm gonna recommend a documentary on HBO Max called We Met in Virtual Reality which is, and I know you're kind of a VR guy, yeah, Dave. a little bit. I don't know if you've seen this film, no, nah. but um, it's probably my favorite documentary this year. And I went into it not really sure. I think like Emily the Criminal, it was at festivals and got decent notices, but it was not like the top thing out of Sundance or whatever. But I just found it completely fascinating, and it's all it's all shot in VR, so it all like quote takes place within VR chat which is sort of an open world, like hangout, not a game really, because it's just a place where people go with their VR avatars and like hang out and talk to each other and do little activities and stuff. And so the whole movie just shows people in this VR world, in their VR avatars, which are like totally ridiculous looking. You know, all these women who look like anime characters with giant breasts that are bouncing around and whatever. But the people are... Uh, just so warm and sympathetic and it's about connections that people make like lonely people who are connecting with each other online and a lot of it is about like romantic stories these people who meet in we who meet in vr Hmm. and form these romantic attachments but it's also about this world as a community there's a lot in there about the asl community about deaf and hard of hearing people who come into this vr world and they teach sign language to Hmm. people and they communicate and there's stuff about Uh, grief about this one uh, deaf or hard of hearing character or not, it's not a character it's a person. There's a distancing effect because it's like, it looks like a character because you never see anything outside of VR, but it is in fact a person (laughs) who has lost a brother. And there's like a whole grieving ceremony that's really remarkably affecting. And there's this VR wedding that like on the surface of it, looks totally absurd because again it's this like giant anime character and like guy with like horns and but it's just like beautiful and touching and so it's it's it takes a bit to adjust to watching it in this world because and you would know like vr doesn't it doesn't look great. No, yeah. it doesn't look like VR in sci-fi movies. It's all
0: weird and glitchy. Yeah, and the joke awkward. is that we're always ten years away from it, like looking good. Like that's right. Yeah. And
1: we're st- yeah, we're still there. <laughs> yeah, but but once you get on the wavelength, it's really just like a, a wonderfully touching movie and weirdly wholesome. And you don't see almost any movies about like things happening on the internet that are positive and wholesome. So- sure. I like that a lot.
0: Yeah, no, that sounds fascinating. I'm definitely going to check that one out. That's a great recommendation, Josh. Uh, tell people where they can find you and your writing and uh, Awesome Movie Year. Well, Awesome Movie Year is
1: close-ish to wrapping up our season on the films of 1992. We're at awesomemovieyear.com, at awesome movie Year on Facebook and Instagram, and at Awesome movie Pod on Twitter. And I don't know if you can probably not anymore vote in our audience choice poll for that season, but you can listen to the episode yes. for whatever our audience chooses for our 1992 season finale. Um, you can find me at joshbellhateseverything.com at joshbellhateseverything on Facebook at SignalBleed on Twitter and at signal bleed on letterboxd and uh, posting links to my various reviews and other things on those social media outlets. And if you're in Vegas, you can watch me on KTNV Channel 13 on the Friday 11 a.m. news reviewing
0: whatever random shit is opening. There you go. There's a lot of random shit openings. There is. And
1: I'm sifting through it, not just reviewing. I, you know, if you watch that segment, I'm always recommending there's two things every week. So if you wonder what to see, I will give you two recommendations every week. And you know, I feel like that's worthy when there's so much stuff
0: to choose from. Absolutely. Well, Josh, it was great getting you back on the show and I look forward as always to getting you back again sometime soon. Yeah, I can't wait.
2: what's up everybody this is brian here to tell you about our podcast bingetown tv Town TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast.
0: All right. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation about Emily the Criminal. Thanks to Josh Bell for joining me on that one. And thank you to you for listening uh, if you're not already, make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, if you like the show, hit that five star button. We would really appreciate that. You could also follow us on social media at PiecingPod and join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. If you have any puzzle pieces that you thought of for Emily the Criminal that we didn't bring up, make sure to let me know, and uh, I will read them on our next trailer episode and uh yeah that does it for today let's close this thing out with a piece of music like i always do and i don't know i i can't remember if i've ever played this one before i probably have at some point it's been around for a while so uh i can't remember the last time though it's a track from my album head like fire called negative Negative. and uh, i think it's a pretty cool one so let's go with this one and uh we'll be back with more piecing it together real soon